Welcome to Wisco Dice! Welcome to Wisco Dice. Hey folks! <laughs> hey, it's Conzie with the Most here. I am your host. I am joined by my co-host, the disturbed, the stark, the mad one himself, Brian! Hey, how's it going, Holy buddy? Holy buckets, that was quite the intro. That was. It's going pretty good. School's out for summer. out yeah so. so that's awesome i don't even know what to do with myself when i don't have homework to do constantly that is amazing so that means you're going to be playing an exceptionally high amount of games and not hanging out with girls or doing all those <laughs> other things that you would want to do in your summer right i think the gaming volume will increase exponentially <laughs> it's only been a few days so i haven't had a chance to yet but here recording so that's a step and i've been had some models in my hands lately so Oh, That's yeah. cool. That is very cool. So we are gathered today to record episode number 50. What a milestone that is. Holy buckets. It is holy buckets. And it is May 17th, 2014 today. Just so you kind of know if things come out a little dated when we release the episode. <laughs> That's why. Okay. So what do we kind of plan on talking about today, Brian? Our first, man, or our big first in the Warhammer scene. What army we started with. Yeah, that's going to be really cool, I think. And all the things involved with it. Talk about that, and and we'll just do a kind of a reminisce on days gone by, on on, on those first army decisions, and uh, first games, and you know what it was like to be a first time Warhammer player. Maybe that'll help help some folks that are just getting into the game, kind of relate and understand the challenges that you know as we went through and for some of you guys that are have been around and are playing games for a long time maybe this will help you remember how tough it was for you the first <laughs> time you were getting on the table and playing a game okay so what have we kind of done in the last couple of weeks brian have you have you gotten any warhammer play in at all no i haven't gotten to catch a game at all uh, lots of homework in the last few couple weeks of the semester with finals and everything too so that was keeping me really busy i did get some models in my hands like i was saying i was checking out my bolt action again trying to get something to put on the table like kind of the minimum requirements i was trying to build a lieutenant this morning i didn't get too far i only had like an hour and then i was trying to remember what exactly I was doing with the bolt action stuff so I was trying to remember building a list and what all you need and what to arm my dudes with and thinking about things like that so sure and bolt actions uh the 28 millimeter world war ii historical game right yep yeah skirmish historical and what faction are you building I'm working on the Americans to counteract okay. your Nazi scum yes <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully we'll get a game with that eventually it's probably been about a year since we first yeah, we, some of those dudes, I think. Yeah, since we first, you know, had our first couple of intro games and decided, yeah, this game's kind of cool, let's play it, and uh, now they've sat for, what, yeah, about a year? Yeah. Probably a little more than that than we were up since when we were up in uh, Green Bay, mm -hmm. for whatever that was, Let's Play or something like that. Something like that, it was called. Yay. <laughs> but otherwise, yeah, I've had those out. I'm trying to get some of my War Machine stuff assembled. I'm doing a lot of assembly right now. I have some... 
I was trying to get my Vargas built for my VC. I just, I don't know, I feel like I have too much stuff to do. I'm <laughs> not sure where to start and go about it. And then I started those five ghouls at the paint day. I want to get those finished, and then I hope to start painting some zombies too. But have to see what comes first, I guess. Yeah, no, uh, get you uh, those those five. We're gonna get you up to what twenty? Twenty five. Twenty five. No, so yeah, I have twenty done already. So that's you know almost you're closing the gap. I'd, mm-hmm. It'd be really cool to see. I mean, it's nice. It's it's nice to change up what you're doing every once in a while. But it'd be nice to see that whole unit finally get finished. Yeah, I. I'm meaning to play like a thousand point games for a while, so I mean it'll be a full unit on the table for quite a while, and then I also was talking about busting my breaths out too, so they might see the table and get me some time to kind of build some of those things for my VC I don't have complete at the moment. Maybe we'll see a tear guy sometime soon or something. <laughs> That'd be cool though. That would be really cool to see the the first one, and someday you'll realize how awesome three of them are or two of them are on the table, and just yeah, three would them. be hard to do. <laughs> I have played a couple of games. What's that? I know you played one with your Tomb Kings, at least. So I played a couple of games of the Tomb Kings for 2,400 points list testing for Blood in the Sun. I know, holy cow, Ben actually played a game or two with a list prior to submitting <laughs> it for a tournament. I, I I know this is a new concept. I don't usually do this, even though I think what we've preached in some of our tournament prep shows where we're talking about getting ready for a tournament about, yeah, you want to play test your list, make sure that you're comfortable with it, make sure it's the list you want to take. Especially, on, and I will say, especially on a two-day tournament where you're playing five games, there's nothing like getting up on Sunday morning when you're hungover and tired and you've been gaming all weekend and, and, and then your you're regretting. Sucks. Yeah, your list, <laughs> your list is not what you'd like it to be and you're not playing the way you'd want to play. And you're like, oh, I gotta drag myself to this table and finish this out for the weekend. You know, that's <laughs> that's tough. And I know at Adepticon, a lot of folks, you know, they get burned out for the weekend. You know, that that fourth game on Saturday, if they're or on Sunday, if they're not feeling feeling into it, they're lit. They list they took wasn't really good. They're not. They're just not enjoying the games they're playing. They'll just drop out of the walk away. You know, so they they usually walk have more. a pretty good chunk of people that that drop on Sunday. So you're set to win. You're super prepared now. You're playing before you submitted your list. That's I crazy. Don't, I don't know if I'm set to win, <laughs> but I I feel like it really has been beneficial for me to play this list a couple of times or play to play a couple of games. First off, the first list I played was against uh, Nick's Empire. At That's pretty tough points. still. Yeah, and he had, uh, I think he had, I'm trying to think he had two cannons and uh Four pack of demigriffs, big block of uh, halberd ears, and a steam tank. So pretty probably much, a block of knights. I think in there he had too. a block of knights too. Yeah, yeah. He usually has two blocks of halberds or a yeah. one and a block of knights. But but a pretty standard. What you'd pretty I think you'd see as an empire army, pretty close to tournament wise. And he knew I was prepping for a bit, so I think that's why he brought the second cannon because he usually doesn't bring two cannons <laughs> in the stank. I had. In this list, I had three War Sphinxes. I mean, at that point, I was oh, thinking, yeah, I was really your, wanted to do the Triple War Sphinx. Your very initial test, Arita. And I had Triple War Sphinx, the big pack of chariots with a prince. Uh, Necro Knights. Yeah, the two, uh, the four pack of Necro Knights with a banner. Two 20 packs of, art, roughly 20 packs. They were like an 18 and a 19 of skeleton archers. And you have the casket in there, too. Casket, Archon the Black, uh, level two, uh, Nihikara. Uh, Lich Priest, and that was... I think that pretty much rounds it out. Sounds like it would. I I don't think there was anything else. 
Well, what I found was that the chariots were pretty solid. I mean, they, they've been solid. They're what I expect. But what I found was the triple war sphinx, especially against the cannons. And Nick had some really bad cannon luck at taking them off. And they managed to survive. Like, it was like turn five before the last one got taken off the wow. table. But, yeah, which was wild. I'm like, this is really, <laughs> really crazy good. But uh, between that and I think I lost Archon to a dimensional cascade, which really? was brutal. Beyond those two things, with that list, I couldn't afford to lose Archon at all. And the can- or, and the worst Sphinxes were too easy to take to deal with for somebody that's packing a pretty decent supply of cannons. And there's too many armies out there these days, whether it's ogres, demons, dwarfs, empire, <laughs> that I'm going to see at the table that are, and then, you know, with the dwarfs having a new book, there's probably going to be a few more dwarf players this year at bits than norm than, than previous years. Empire always has a pretty decent little showing. Uh, demons are a very popular army. Ogres are a very popular army. So it's very likely I'm going to see a good chunk of cannon. So I, I had to go back to rethink and, and I was like, this this just isn't, I'm going to be miserable. This is going to be one of those lists that's going to make me miserable for the weekend. So that was just too many points sunk into cannon targets, and then yeah. most of your army's gone if they are I, able to take it out. The, it was too expensive target saturation, really, is what it was. Yeah, that's probably a good way to put it. How's Archon working for you? Archon has been amazing. Because he's like a lore master of death. Uh, he's not a lore master depth. He is oh, a level just... five. Oh, okay. So he gets a plus one wizard level. He actually counts as level five. You actually get to roll one extra spell for him. Does he use death or? He uses death, he use death. and he okay. count. You can use him to count as your hierophant and your tomb king, and as a tomb king. So he gets all those extra rules applied to him. Which I'm not sure that you know by the time you get to my skeleton archers that he's camping out with because he's on foot. That that's going to be with only a six up armor save and a six up. Uh, regen he's really not that sur- he's not super yeah, he's- survivable but the lore of death is far better than having to sink points into a level four nehekara and then get another level four of either light or nehekara is that because you have like, or a death damage spells and like the debuffs and whatnot yeah the debuffs the damage spells the i mean purple sun is great both as an offensive damage spell but also as a defense because you can't move through vortexes soul blight solid for the minus one strength and toughness on a unit that can really push the edge you know a lot of the tomb king units feel to me like they struggle with taking damage too easily so debuffing that's really nice there's just a lot of, you know, being able to cap off or go after target, you know, target some characters or other little things to try to kill a, kill something easy. Yeah, I feel like monsters, like big stuff is kind of hard for the Tomb Kings too, well, a little bit. So some of those death sm- snipe spells and such might help. Yeah, it, it's it's nice, like dealing with warriors. Like a lot of that warrior stuff is leader eight that's out on the flanks and stuff so all of a sudden you know i'm at soul blood or on uh, what's the signatures whatever the signature spell is on death for the i i roll a d6 you roll a d6 yeah, add your leadership and how, you take wounds for every point you fail by well oh hey there, there's that little leadership five or six chimera on the or or is archon leadership 10 even he's leader nine nine that's still so i could technically i th- i'm not sure if i can get the if I could take a magic banner in the the skeleton units, but in this list I didn't. So leader nine, but yeah, I got a I I, per, I miscast dimensional cascaded, and that was 
even at the end of the game, it wasn't... I think I lost like a 16-4 or a 15-5 in that game by the time it was done. <laughs> but with, if Archon doesn't Dimensional Cascade, it's very plausible that instead of taking that like 15, that 16-4, I would have had like a... It still would have been a loss probably, but there was, there was a chance to kind of pull it back. There were some things I could have done. There were some things I could have done to protect Archon a little better to keep him... I did have Demigarf Knights that were in position to start coming, bearing down on him. But at that point, you know, he can start using the Skeleton Warrior, that Skeleton Archer unit to become a screen and he can bail from it and move around, you know, by himself. And that also then would have freed up, made a, made a, provided another target for cannonballs to be shot at besides my one remaining Horse Sphinx. <laughs> so I, I, there were, there was definitely things going into turns four five and six in that game that could have, could have brought it back from a, a loss. But it was the, the one thing that I walked away from that game was that at no point in the game did I, even from the deployment, did I have any ability to dictate the pace of the game, to, to force my opponent to have to play into my type of game. So that was... That made me take the list and go, okay, this is going to be frustrating to play all weekend. Let's not play it. What did you end up changing? So I took out the War Sphinx. I took out one of the War Sphinx and kept two. I saw it's now my list now has two of them, and part of that is because I, I like the War Sphinx. Don't get me wrong, and I like playing with with monsters. That's one of the reasons I like playing Warhammer. But I took out the War Sphinx, or I took out the third War Sphinx and put in two Screaming Skull catapults. Now this works kind of nice with Archon because he's level five death. So pretty much every game, I'm already going to get the minus three to leadership checks. Yeah, that is or minus good. three leadership with skulls of the foe in there too. <laughs> I didn't have skulls of the foe. I didn't in, in my test game. I did not have skulls of the foe on either ah. either one. It's a thirty point upgrade, so it's pretty hefty. Yeah, if you're minus four to leadership, then that and a BSB reroll. That's still pretty. That's pretty hard to make. Likely. Yeah, when you're getting <laughs> when you're going from leader ten to leader six, it becomes unlikely. But it's still a lot it, of points for the one trick kind yeah. of thing. But that one trick, you know, if you can land that like turn one on an ogre Death Star, or you <laughs> land that turn one on whatever the big Death Star unit you're, you're facing off or against, anything else, yeah. like, hey, like I won, I won the game before the game got started because I'm now all I have to do is play defense, and I can do that really well. <laughs> I'm good enough to take care of take care of the rest of your chaff if I take care of your big Death Star unit right off the bat and. Like, for me, dealing with Ogres, the Death Star unit is really tough to deal with. So it's hard for anybody to deal with. <laughs> I think it is. So if I can t- if I can make it run away, even if I can make it run away on turn two or, t- you know, before it gets, gets to me, then that's that's a win. Yeah, it's going to delay the... It's going to delay the inevitable. Mm-hmm. Anyway, is that your main change? I don't think you really switched anything else, right? No, I do think I missed uh, mentioning that I do have five horse archers in the list. The demon killers. Five horse how archers are the forget? best. They're the best <laughs> thing in the list. I mean, I can't tell you how often somebody has to dedicate something that's way overkill to take those five wound, those five toughest three wounds off the table, <laughs> or that they're able to pounce something in the back and take care of it, or threaten war machines, or do something. That is so productive for me in my games. It's <laughs> the MVPs. best investment. Yeah, it's the best investment. They're also the, where they, the most painful thing I think I painted in the entire army. But yeah, they are <laughs> the best investment uh, points-wise of all the stuff I take as far as for what they do actually in the game. 
So in in this game, I played against uh, Mark Hobby Killer. Hobby Killer, yeah. <laughs> so Hobby Killer was uh, borrowed uh, Warriors of Chaos army from one of the other guys that's been coming la- uh, lately. John, was one of his friends, and uh, he brought brought a pretty tough demon army. He brought a uh, brought demon prince. Pretty much, the, pretty much. I think it was a level three de- uh, wizard, but otherwise, Nurgle one up armor save. Two up ward against flaming charm shield, you know all the kit and caboodle, pretty much that you'd see on a demon prince, and then he took uh, BSB on a. He actually took that it was a Durgle BSB on a Palanquin, and then he put him in a unit of like twenty ish Nurgle warriors with additional hand weapons, and then he had a dude on a disc that was a wizard. I think a level. Two, I think it was a level two wizard on a disc. And then the rest of his army had two, three put, uh, three packs of the, of the I think they're skull crushers. What are the corn knights on jugger pack, juggernauts? Too? He had two, three packs with banners on each one. He had two, five packs of daw of the cast hounds. He had a one unit of five marauder horse, I think, with flails. And I'm trying to think what else he might have had in that list. Oh, he had what? He had two. I think he had two chariots. I don't remember. They might have been Mark Nurgle. I don't remember. Yeah, it's about it. I'm sure I'm missing. I feel like I'm missing something, but it wasn't. One thing I took away from this game was that I he didn't have a lot of stuff. Like there just wasn't. There, everything they had was really tough as nails, but there wasn't a lot of it. So if I had. If I could get through some of it, or I could kill some of it, he was going to be starting to get to be hard pressed. And he kind of, with his deployment, he sprawled everything out, so I can't couldn't get a first turn chain off with the with the uh, casket. So I couldn't because yeah. that was probably the most threatening thing because it's a no armor save and those small the small little units. units just well you know two three wounds on a unit. Like, oh <laughs> hey that that's crippling. Well, so. Turn one, I did manage to land a rock on the top of a, a screaming a, a rock on top of the. I didn't get the minus three leadership off on his chaos warriors, and I was trying to like I was trying really early to try to. I'm like that'd be a really good one. It was close to the board edge, like it'd be a really good one to force a panic check on. I didn't get the minus three leadership, but I still dropped a catapult on him. They passed their panic check from the casualties, so I'm like okay, not a big deal. BSB rerollable nines probably not going to run away. Whatever. No. Dropped another rock on top of the demon prince. That's when I found out. Well, a he's got the charm shield, and he kept asking me if it's flaming. Is it flaming? Is it flaming? Which is like okay. So I know you got the you've got a two up ward save against <laughs> flame. Okay, <laughs> whatever. So I'm not going to drop any more screaming skulls on his head. Which then made me like, how do I deal with this guy if I can't drop rocks on his head because my rocks are flaming? It's you know? a good question. In turn two, I did push things kind of forward on one flank, and the horse archers he, on the left flank, he had like the five marauders and a unit of chaos hounds. And so my, I took one of the 20-packs archers that didn't have any wizards or anything in it and turned them, shot at the marauders, shot them down to like two left, and then the horse archers shot at some chaos hounds, and I think the marauder horse panicked off. Actually, no, the Marauder Horse didn't panic off. The Chaos Hounds panicked off. Didn't panic off the board. They just panicked back towards the center of his battle lines. On his turn, too, he moved the Marauder Horse. He just ran him away to try to save victory points because apparently the <laughs> Horse Archers were super intimidating. The, the fact that, you know, I had him in a... Like, they were in a good position to threaten the one Screaming Skull Catapult, but 
the horse, both the horse archers could have adjusted to fire at the two remaining marauders, and the twenty pack of, of archers could have easily done a a uh, reform and and been or uh, just a wheel and been in a good position to supporting fire there as well. Mm-hmm. So he did, he made he took the better part of valor and ran away. And at that point, my horse archers won the flank. <laughs> And the rest of the time of the game, that was like the only part of the battlefield that completely went exactly as I couldn't have drawn it up any better. Those horse archers just controlled that whole <laughs> flank, and it was great. I mean, there was one turn of, of, of archer support, but otherwise, just brilliant, brilliant support, uh, brilliant uh, control on that flank. The other flank, though, he had the two, three packs of skull crushers. Skull item. crushers, yeah, the juggernauts, uh, a chariot. And a five, another five pack of chaos hounds, and he had moved his five pack of chaos hounds kind of to force my to force my uh, snakes to charge at kind of an odd angle and not be in a good overrun position, and to really overrun into his corn knights, one of his three packs, which that's not a good matchup for the for the snake knights by themselves. No. And then the chariots had I needed to roll a five. It was like. 13 inches away to the other juggernauts. And I'm like, okay, well, I can make a five on swift strides. So I toss the dice. I charge I charge both the... I still charge snake knights into the chaos hounds thinking I'm going to get the... Hopefully I'll get the overrun. And I charge the the chariots into the other unit of the other unit of juggernauts. Now, I know he's got one chariot sitting there that he'll be able to supporting charge one of the two units. But I'm like, if I make the charge with the chariots... I'm hoping, I, you know, with a little luck, I should hopefully come out of that combat ahead and maybe win the combat. And if I get really lucky, I win the combat overrun, and I'm in the flank of the ch- and I'm in the flank of the demon prince. Which <laughs> I don't care if I lose the chariots. If I hold that demon prince for like a couple of turns of combat, that's like a win all by itself. <laughs> and what ended up happening? What do you know? I failed the charge of the chariots. All that build up, all that drama about like if this happens, it's gonna be good. I failed. I, I whiff the charge roll. I fail the charge. I scoot a little bit forward. On the following turn, he's able to charge me with not only the chariot but the juggernauts. Two rounds of combat, the unit's just gone. It's just deleted <laughs> off the board. And that's kind of the story of the way the rest of the game kind of proceeded. It was just it just kept going and going and going. And I did everything I could to kind of delay the inevitable at that point. But because I was just a little bit more on the aggressor side early, I couldn't hold out. And at the end, it was like the end of five. We were going into six. I had to roll crumbles on everything. All I had left, I lost Arcana on the on the bottom of five. And so the start of six, I'm having to roll crumbles on horse archer. All, all my leader five stuff is all I got left. All the skeleton, the skeleton <laughs> archers. I think the casket had been the casket had failed it, hit its roll and blown up. So I had just just the two units of archers, the horse archers. I think that was all that was left on the board. And like, good game, Mark. <laughs> two things I really got out of this game that I really, really liked. And one, I came home and I was super excited because while it was frustrating that I failed that five, that that needing a five on the charge of the chariots, it's kind of a fluke. I think I dictated the game. I, that was the one thing I felt like. I dictated the game quite a bit, right up even into deployment. And I don't know that a, a player that's more familiar with the Warriors Chaos Army deploys quite like Waymark did, but I 
definitely felt ahead of the game there. I felt like I could dictate the game. I dictated kind of the pace of the battle. The battle did play exactly the way I wanted it to. I just couldn't capitalize in the couple of spots where I really needed it to go. So I, I don't feel bad. I still lost the game, and I lost pretty hard. And it would have been pretty close to a 20 out when you would have looked at the the end results if you're looking at Blood and the Sun tournament results. But I felt like I was in it, and I felt like there were a couple of opportunities that I could have won the game. So I'm really excited about the list. I did make a couple of tweaks based on this game before I submitted it to the tournament organizers at Blood and the Sun uh, to four for play, but I'm really excited for the list. Now I just have to get the two trebuchets, or that's not trebuchets, the Screaming Skull Catapults painted in time. Since you love paint and bone so much. Um, <laughs> it's not that I, I, I... It's tedious, time-consuming work is really what it is, and you know, I, there's lots of things that I feel like I, I could do better, but we should have at least one peg of paint day in between now and then, and that really, like... Sitting down when there's other people in the room painting really was super motivating for me, and I did get a lot of work done. Yeah, a lot of us after that talked about wanting to, hey, like, why don't we do this all the time? Yeah. <laughs> like, so, they do it once a, or twice a month or something yeah. like that on Saturdays. So I think we, we talked about it a little bit on the forums, and we're going to do the Pega Paint Days at least the first Saturday every month. Yeah, I got a lot of stuff done. I mean, that was like the longest stretch I think I've ever sat and just painted minis, like, in a row yeah <laughs> for we a long time. sat painted got a lot of work done and we had lunch together hung out talked recorded it was great i i thought it was a great experience i'm excited to to do it again next month mm-hmm. and i did it twice this month so more power to you know more power to me yay <laughs> the second day i didn't i didn't think i spent um the second saturday i didn't spend as much time down there and there wasn't as many of there uh, there wasn't as many of us as P- steve had canceled the paint day portion oh, of right. it the Pegasus portion of it, but there was still... Were they playing more time that day? Though? Yeah, they had more oh, time okay. down there, so there was kind of that, which was exciting. There was two, three games of that, I think, going mm-hmm. at once. I gotta check that out. So, yeah, that was that was cool, too. Okay, so I think that kind of recaps what we've done and played, and you kind of get the idea. I've been working on painting a, painting that... Uh, Trebby, or the not Trebby. Screaming Skull Catapult. Screaming skull I've got catapult. the first one almost done. I'm we're, that's gotta all, build the second one. You got to do that before Blood in the Sun. That's I the only thing I need both of them done. Yep, the only thing that's kind of cool, that's really good. I was I was really nervous about just still support submitting another list. That yeah, I have to paint something, but I feel like it's a good thing because it's going to make me get it done. Though, yeah, I got plenty like of time. A month or more. Or I I did have I do have the first one almost entirely done, and that was that's so only I have a good idea. A couple weeks too. Yeah. So. I have a good idea how many man hours it took to paint it, and I know I have the other project work with the display board if I get the get the new Ramanoptra done for Blood in the Sun. Any progress on that? Or no. just been painting the catapult? No, Ramanoptra hasn't been touched. It's I ordered some, some uh, True Start bricks from a company that makes the cast bricks for it. That's what they do. Yeah. You know, so they, they have a license to Hearst. And so I ordered some, and I'm hoping they will arrive at some point here in the next week or two. You didn't get the molds to do them yourself? No, I didn't. I, I was going to buy them one night, and then I looked at the price tag of what I was buying them for, and I'm like... Probably the only thing you're going to need. Yeah. Them. Well, I probably would make some other bricks and stuff for them and make some other stuff, but I'm like, I can order $20 for the bricks now, or I can buy 
twenty dollars for the molds, and it was. Then you have to cast them all. Yeah, then I have to cast them. And, <laughs> right. Well, I might prefer to cast them. So I don't know how how good a quality they are. I don't know what the material is they're going to use to cast them. I would hope they'd be pretty good if they're. But I'm like twenty bucks at at this point, and I'll let somebody else cast them and get them to me. And worst case scenario, in a couple of weeks, if I don't have those bricks, I'm going to go ahead and and uh, order order a mold or two and. I won't order as many moles, but I'll order a mole or two and, and get the and get the bricks cast that I need in time for, for the display board and get that finished up. Mm-hmm. Painting it shouldn't take as much. It's going to be nice. It should be this pretty be quick, the, just uh, terrain. Yeah, and it's the first time I've had an airbrush available for a project like this. That'll too, make it so quick and easy. Should help a bunch. So, uh, main topic. So, we're uh, on to that. We're going to go ahead and talk a little bit about our that first army of that we chose. Way, way, way back when we were <laughs> thousands of years ago, little Warhammer players into the future. <laughs> <laughs> thousand years ago, into the future, there were two men who bought Warhammer armies from the True Value Hardware Store. I didn't buy mine there. No, I did. <laughs> I've talked a little bit about that recently on the show, but yeah, I don't remember when it came up. And you've talked a little bit about about kind of your first gaming, I think, and in, in yeah, gaming groups. One of our shows that came up in. What was your first army, Brian? How? Why? Why did you choose it? I started with vampire counts. I th- think some people might know that. <laughs> um, well, when I started, I got introduced to Warhammer with uh, my group of friends. I think I was trying to remember how old I was. I think it, I must have been like thirteen or fourteen. Was all maybe a little older. It's a whippersnapper. Back in middle school, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think one of our friends. I don't know how he found out about the game, but he had gotten the starter set or whatever and then like a i mean a big group of us or whatever all thought it was really cool so just kind of one by one we all fell into playing it so uh just like the first thing that i saw that was really cool was the vampire accounts i mean looking through the main rule book they're all pictured in there or whatever so you could choose and i just thought the undead were the coolest i guess i always thought vampires were kind of cool and then all the skeletons and everything it seemed just really like a neat looking army i guess that was the main thing that drew me to it and also, the other thing, um, when our group was pretty small when we started out, we all were playing different armies, so that was kind of cool. Like, I think the first guy had orcs, and then there was a high elf player and a lizardman player. It's like we all had something different. Nobody had vampire counts yet, so that was even a better reason to get into it too. That we all had different flavors, and that's, I guess, the main reason I chose mine. <laughs> it was just what looked cool. I think was the main. I think point that's. There. I think that's what a lot of people kind of pick their first army from. I think a lot of people can probably relate to that kind of choosing their army also based on kind of what the other guys in the group have also yeah. chose. If you have four guys and three of them play high elves, that might not be yeah, the game's, <laughs> too interesting. The, yeah, exactly. The games at that point are going to get kind of meh. Uh-huh. So I know the one group that's now kind of more assimilated, it's getting more and more assimilated with us. They have quite the variety. You know, they have, but they also, it was the same thing. Like a couple of them got, war, bought Warhammer and bought into it. And then the rest of them were like, slowly started getting armies of their own and they wanted to pick armies that nobody else played in the group so that they didn't have to necessarily see the same thing, at least for their first armies, over and over again, see the same thing that other guys in the group were playing. Yeah, I was really trying to remember, like, it was just the first thing that I thought I would want to play. <laughs> I didn't even think about it. It was just kind of like instinct when I selected I didn't even... I'm not even sure why, really. <laughs> I was just kind of drawn to playing them, and that's what happened. You wanted to blah. I want to <laughs> suck your blood. <laughs> that was what you wanted to do with your opponents on the other side of the board, right? You wanted to do that at the start of the game? Apparently. 
apparently. Okay. <laughs> so I was the kind of the guy in our group, surprise, surprise, that bought Warhammer. I was the guy that bought the starter box. And so technically speaking, Lizardmen and Bretonian were the first armies I owned because that was what came in the starter box way back in 5th edition. But the first army that I really, when I when I bought the starter box, I already knew that my army was going to be dwarfs. I was going to play some dwarfs, and that was just the way it was going to be. And the reason being was that I was playing this old dwarf. I had this dwarf that I'd been playing in our role-playing game group. So our group was uh, a bunch of role-players. We were playing Dungeons & Dragons. And in one of the other campaigns, I was a, or one of, the, one of the guys was running a campaign where I was a dwarf, and I was this dwarf fighter whose name was, I think it was a fighter rogue technically, uh, who was named Dugan Brideax and this is where <laughs> you know at, at the point in the in that campaign it was kind of it kind of made a natural transition he was kind of retiring in the campaign because at this point he had you know his whole purpose for adventuring was to earn enough cash to hire enough mercenaries hire enough guys and pull in to basically afford to go start or reclaim a, a his familial minds or to Take start over new, the world or to start new familiar minds, whichever the case <laughs> might be. It was going to, he was going to start to campaign towards that. So it was like a really natural transition to, okay, now I'm into Warhammer. I'll play dwarves I'll, and I will play out his, in, in my battles are almost like his extension of seeking out his, fami- seeking out and retaking his familial homes. Yeah. There wasn't Skaven in the D and D game. We were, we were <laughs> uh, the game was set in the forgotten realms, which wasn't the Warhammer world. So there was, some jumps kind of there to to make things match up, and especially since Skaven were one of the primary opponents that I had at the time. I like Skaven and Chaos Warriors, which didn't necessarily make sense with the the old background I had from D anD D that were orcs and goblins that had taken his hold. But <laughs> but it but it it, it worked it, and and it made the games really fun because it was so much back then was so much about telling stories. Like I would name I would name my dwarf characters all the time. And I even named my units quite a bit, and I was just great. Like the one time the Skaven player finally knocked off one of my runesmiths, and he was like, "Oh, I got him! I got old Doc Rockbreaker." <laughs> and like the next day or the next time we played, I had the same model on the board, and he's like, "I killed him!" And I'm like, "That's his son, Ulrich." <laughs> and he never did get Ulrich. So, but it was it was just that kind of it was just that kind of fun. I mean, you know, thinking about that, just that was great, and that was. You know, that was probably the biggest reason why I chose dwarves at the time. I really, I've always loved dwarves. I feel like they, there's a certain amount of dwarfishness in my own crankiness and, and personality. So I think it's a good match for me, pers- you know, from that personality. And I love the look of dwarves. Gameplay has always been kind of hit or miss for me as far as the interest in the gameplay and, and it. And I definitely, back in 5th edition, I struggled a ton. Like, it was definitely like playing against my buddy who was playing Chaos Warriors. It was either I tuned up my list of a bunch of organ guns, or he tuned up, you know. And then he would just tune up his Chaos Warriors, his, 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 you know, his Chaos list. Because it was, at that point, it was, you didn't have Warriors by itself. It was Demons, Beastmen, and, and Warriors were all one box set. He would just tool things up. If he got to me at all with anything, it would just butcher whatever unit or block. There was nothing I could do when it, if it got to me. But 
You know, it was amazing what you could do with organ, 65 point organ guns that fired five cannonballs at D3 wounds each. <laughs> so, you, you know, if you got to fire, you know, if it was on the table before, if you got the coach first, and it was on the table before you got to fly high with it, you would just disintegrate whatever you put on the table. So, kind of imagine how our games went. We kind of, at some point, were like, okay, this is kind of silly. Let's take out some of the silliness. And then. Like, why don't you back off on organ guns, and I'll take some Chaos Warriors, <laughs> and we'll have, like, actual combats. And then eventually, Raven- Ravening Hordes came out, and 6th Edition came out, and that balanced things up quite a bit. Unfortunately, it balanced things a little bit more to my favor, because the Dwarfs came out quite a, pretty much right away in 6th, in than it was a bit before Warriors of Chaos finally got their book. But yeah, that was those were great times. I really enjoyed those games. We did a lot of little mini campaigns and other cool things. We never got a proper map campaign going, but eventually the group did dwindle. But that was yeah, that was why I picked dwarfs and also why I then moved to my taking over my wife's army at the time because the gameplay for the dwarfs just wasn't as rewarding and it wasn't there wasn't enough warhammer enough enough of the the various things. I couldn't really move with dwarfs. I couldn't counter i didn't have magic with the dwarves and so there were some gameplay things that i just were i was missing with the army but it was a great first army (laughs) and an army that i've always wanted to go back and just redo and and spend the time to really give it the attention and love that i know i can do now see that (laughs) i got one guy done come on i know i keep i don't know every time you talk about dwarves it's like well when's the last time you actually (laughs) dwarves were your army I played them. I know you played them a at bit. a thousand, a little bit. But. I played them. I actually took them. I think at two thousand or twenty four hundred points last year to an event. That oh. was, it wasn't a tournament, but it was an event. I think you played them at the whatever the last club challenge tournament was thing a, we did. Yeah, I might have. It was. I also played them at the charity event last fall. That yeah, was, I think that was around the same time. Yeah, yeah, I played them for the yeah the tournament of champions. I pl- brought them as the ringer army, but it was the ringer army, so I didn't. Yeah. And my list at that point was a lot of hand weapon and shields, and at that point, dwarf hand weapon and shields were really bad. Now they're I'm really interested to play them again because hand was, weapon and shields are pretty good. Yeah, I was just gonna ask you like for the longest time you're complaining how you didn't have any great weapon dudes. So like yeah, I mean you have your whole old army, but you feel like you need a whole new one. Yeah, <laughs> that was a real problem. Did like, that change with the new book at all? I think so. I mean, I I feel like I can take my old models. There's a lot of hand weapon and shields in that, you know, because that was what used to be good. I can take a I can take long beards with hand weapon shields and mm-hmm. feel like they're they're good. You know, strength four hatred. You know, potential for hatred core that. I can charge, I can get strength five on them, and if they get charged, I get a five-up parry the first round. It's all <laughs> good in my book. So we're going to have to throw out the challenge and get those dwarfs back out on the table. I've been, I've been tempted to take them and bring them to the table again, but uh, we've got kind of an influx of dwarf players yeah, right now at the store, that. and I'm like, I'm, I'm kind of holding <laughs> we don't a little need five. bit. Well, it would be, I would be <laughs> the third player playing them right now on a fairly regular basis. So I'm like, eh. They can wait a little bit. That's true. Anyway, I think I started about the same... Well, shortly after you did. You started before me. Like, I remember, like, I had the intro game with, like, the... We played the 5th edition box was the first, like, actual experience for me playing Warhammer. And then I read through the 5th edition rulebook. And then I started collecting some dudes. And then I had to read the 6th edition rulebook, like, right after that. Yeah, no. That was right when I started when Undead split. I remember our first few games going through, and we, we none of us had any experience with the game, and I had the rule book, 
And I, there's anything that you come to know, I'm not very good at teaching a game, <laughs> and I'm pretty hort um, that I haven't played before a bunch. If once I know the rules, I can teach it really well. Sure. But if I don't know the rules, you just make I'm, them up. And I'm, yeah, I just don't do really well. So we would have these like eight or ten or twelve foot tables, and you would have like multiple movement phases before we'd even get our armies <laughs> close enough to where we could engage each yeah. other. And we'd have games that were like. 10, 15, 20 turns of, okay, I'm going to move my guys. Okay, I moved them. Okay, I marched my guys. Okay, nothing's in range. Oh, hey, look, my artillery is in range. Uh, I'll start my bombardment as you're walking forward, as you're coming to me. Okay, this is great. <laughs> you know, that was probably the first few games of uh, Warhammer that we had, and then we finally bumped into somebody else that was in town that had, had Warhammer and played, and we played, like, our first game with him, and he's like, yeah, so you play six turns and you line up. And you have twelve-inch deployment zones and you play on a four by six board. And <laughs> that's a lot like how we started too. Like we played the most non. Like looking back on it, we played the most nonsense. We were playing with Warhammer, but I don't think we were ever playing Warhammer. <laughs> yeah, it was... too often. Like uh, we just bought whatever we wanted. Like points, like army composition. It didn't really matter. It kind of went out the window. Like the first thing I like, I'd play like special characters at like 500 points and stuff <laughs> yeah it just didn't make any sense and we always flubbed the rules and just kind of played whatever we had i remember the first time i saw other people playing warhammer like a lot of my units just didn't make sense it's like i had a lot of everything but nothing was like really a strong unit like <laughs> my infantry were like groups of like 10 guys and stuff like that <laughs> it's like i don't know it was all nonsense yeah, it was oh. still fun though, and we often flubbed the rules. So I mean, there was a big group of us. So instead of playing like individual games, we'd all play on one table, kind of thing. And sure. Try and do multiple way battles and stuff like that. It just got all nonsensed up, but it was a lot of fun. That's for sure. Yeah, no, I remember that. Yeah, we'd, we'd play to the the last model was standing. So <laughs> of course, those warriors of chaos, and unkillable or near unkillable guys, would just be. Always be the last ones, you know, last one standing just about, grr, where the one guy took like a, like he had a wood elves and you could kid out the, the dude on the wood elf things who was basically couldn't be hurt by, couldn't be hurt by, or magical weapons became Udane and could only be hurt by magical. Like, okay, that guy's always <laughs> going to be the last one to live. Yeah, we did a lot of like character duels and stuff like that and whatnot. <laughs> just a lot of nonsense. Yeah, it was good times. Very, very good times. Mm-hmm. But in I look kind of in hindsight, I'm like, man, that that Warhammer was silly. It was just silliness. But yep. man, it brought it made so many smiles on my face. It was just great. So next, kind of the the next question I kind of have is, if knowing the things you know today, would you change the first army that you picked? Um, I don't know. I guess we all know I still play vampire counts. So they didn't really lose anything there. The book previous or two ago two books ago no one book ago i don't think i hardly touched them then but i think they've still stood the test of time a little bit for me i still like playing them for the most part i'm kind of with the new fangled stuff i get a little i'm always kind of meh about i like my old vampire counts all the time but i think i mean i still like playing them i still like the army Unfortunately, I've never gotten too far with completing them. I'm still working on painting them. <laughs> so maybe someday that'll happen. They have a lot of nostalgia for me as being my first army. Like, I don't... The, I guess the interesting thing I would say right now, they're probably not my... 
like favorite army like fluff wise or something i think the bretts are actually my favorite army but my vampire counts they've always kind of been my army i guess if that makes any sense but no i think that makes a lot of sense so we'll see if we get a new brett book here what'll happen <laughs> if i'll maybe switch to playing them a little more but i really buckled down and was trying to play my vc a lot lately because i was trying to focus my hobby on that so i want to be putting them on the table and stop bouncing around it was hard with the little bit i do play to be any good at playing when i kept switching armies all the time and i've tried to keep it going with the vc quite a bit and i still really do like them but i don't know <laughs> it's no, I, I interesting to think that the bretts are actually my favorite army fluff wise i want to be the good guys <laughs> yeah no i uh i can say that i in hindsight i do have a little bit of regret i don't really regret starting with dwarves it was they were i had so many good times with them and i really enjoyed them but there was a bit of a transition too was you know early on some of the dwarf kits it was it was quite obvious like um, apparently you could get uh, the plastic the what had became the first multi-piece warrior plastic kit you could see that it was available because the it the first box that it came out with when they it was, it was just when they were first releasing those the the plastic multi-piece kits and you could pick them up for 20 us dollars they were great and you'd get like 16 guys in them or whatever the count was cast warriors i think were 12 guys mm-hmm. and skaven were like 20 guys and yeah, sure, like those gave them really ugly, but when you're 20 dudes for 20 bucks and you're paying a buck a model and you get a few metal bits for your commands. That was really so, awesome. And so the dwarf <laughs> kit, you knew it was out and you could see the pics of the box and it was available in England, I believe, at the time because the first, they did have metal bits in that box, but it never got released over here to the U.S., but it then meant like a bunch of the plastic warriors weren't, they, the, the, you, the warriors went off the shelf and then right before 6th edition hit, you couldn't get Thunderers, you couldn't get Crossbowmen, the store just couldn't order them and get them Weird. and stock them. So I was like really limited in what I could buy to put to be able to add to my army. Hmm. But then then when the Dwarf book hit, you got the first all-plastic Dwarf kit. It was all-plastic, the command bits were plastic. Um, it was the same kit that you saw, pictured, you saw pictures of from the UK that I just never got my hands on or couldn't get my hands on, never saw it on eBay. And it was that was pretty ninety eight ninety nine I think or something like that. You Sounds know, about right. So yeah, it was kind of kind of difficult and and at the same time I was buying dark elves and those weren't hard to get for me. <laughs> so I had a lot of those on hand and the game. Then I, when I did start playing them, when it was kind of apparent, my wife was not thought that the army looked really cool, but she was never going to play with them. I played them a couple times, and I'm like, "This is whole new world, like amazing." This game, like, <laughs> I like, I feel competitive, and I can move, and I can do stuff. And why was why isn't why can't I do this with dwarves? <laughs> so there was a little bit of regret there, but not too much. I'm still really happy that I bought dwarves, that I still did. That was my first army, but I certainly didn't at the time. I didn't do enough research into the game to understand the game how the game played before I got started to mm-hmm. understand what my first army purchase was. And there wasn't anybody really to ask or go talk to at mm-hmm. the time. So it was uh, feeling things out. And fortunately, the cost of an army back then, you know, like I said, plastic kits were 20 bucks or so a crack, you know, when you if, if they were available for your army. And, and even blisters weren't too bad. You get like a blister with three guys for seven, eight bucks. So... You build units for you build units for twenty twenty five thirty dollars, which 
yeah, that's maybe, you know, expensive. But, you know, t- units were 15, 20 guys, too. Yeah. Well, compared to now, you get, like, 10 guys at most for, like, $30. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, like, you, you know, the, just that was the, the heyday, man. Just the investment was quite a bit less, it felt like, to get going. So, you know, it was easy to go ahead and I could dedicate $20 every payday to go down the go down to the local true value and buy $20 worth of Warhammer <laughs> and have it in with 20 and then I would take it home and I would paint it up and then, you know, in the next two weeks to go down and spend another 20 bucks. It was a really cool system. I was literally painting what I paint. If I bought it, I painted it, you know, and if I had stuff sitting there that wasn't painted, well, that was a problem. Yeah, we were pretty quick about doing a lot of our hobby, too. I mean, a lot of times you just wanted to get on the table as fast as possible, but we were all painting our stuff So pretty quick, too. Speaking of painting, <laughs> how do you feel about those first models you painted? I still have some. When I painted them, I thought they were freaking fracking awesome. <laughs> they looked like perfectly acceptable and cool, but yeah, now I like I'm embarrassed. <laughs> like, I don't know. They're just so bad. And that that kind of is the other thing too. You know, I I feel a bit the same way. It's nice to be able to pull these models out of the box every once in a while. People see what I'm doing now, and they're like, "Oh, I wish I could do stuff like that." And I'm like, "Well, take a look at the stuff that I did <laughs> when I first started painting. I don't. And I, it looks decent. I mean, the, the skinks aren't horrible that I've done, but they're definitely leaps and bounds from like what I'm building now for the lizard men. You can really tell just from the way the models are built." You can tell big time the difference. That's a big difference, too. Like, I think I was a little crazy with glue. (laughs) (laughs) There's definitely a lot of glue. And, like, I think for some of my first few things, like, mold line scraping wasn't a thing. (laughs) It was, like, clipping them and putting them together, you know? Yeah, hurry up and get that model put together. Get that primer on there. And, like, I had skeletons, you know? They were just dry brushed white, and then their weapons were painted, and that's all they were. I mean, looked pretty good. It was awfully goopy stuff, and. Those first ones had that old flock on it, like it was just like that green flock, like green blaze, throw the yep. green flock on there. Yep, goblin green with yep. the goblin green flock. Yep. Uh, I thought about basing stuff like that just for the fun of it, <laughs> but, but yeah, I've never put any of them on the table recently. I'm kind, of, I've stripped some of them down actually because they're still usable models, and I've reused them. I'd say it's still worth hanging on to a couple of them just to always remember that nostalgia they're maybe, all still but... in the box like i think i'll way back then I'm, i built quite a lot of my skeletons back then a lot of them i use now like some of them are unprimed you see there's that old like beige kind of yellowy colored plastic <laughs> which people's like wow those are really old sometimes when i put them on the table <laughs> and that was pretty brittle stuff so my original ones i painted up were really smashed up over time so there's not much left of them. And there was never really too much. Like my Graveguard, I stripped those. So they're not in that box. I think I had like one box of skeletons. So that was probably like 16 of them I painted. And then like a maybe five dogs or more. And that was really about it I think I had in some of my original stuff. I had a lot of like characters and whatnot. But I never got to paint many of those besides like a necromancer or something. I do feel like it's so much easier today to go out and buy products and be able to paint at a fairly decent level. Like, we just didn't have, back then, washes. Yeah. I mean, the, the idea of washing was there, but I was like, there was it's inks. too much work. And the inks just never <laughs> like, worked. I remember that. Like, I bought the black ink one time. I don't think I ever got to using it. It exploded in my hobby box. I'm like, screw that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think I tried to use it once to no avail, but I, I didn't 
really understand the thinning down of it and whatnot and then it blew up in my hobby box i'm like okay i'm done with that <laughs> yeah no and the the priming what is this priming thing first really few models first few models i painted it's no primer <laughs> <laughs> they, they took a little bit to like man this paint doesn't stick very well in these really? models i need something better that was half my paint job was the black primer they just dry brush white <laughs> over it it's all done <laughs> yeah so that was definitely i think things have come a long ways in that regards and in the hobby and, and paint yeah i think you'll always be evolving i mean even stuff you did more recently in that i'm sure you'll be like wow i can do a lot better than that now kind of thing so what would you tell folks that are trying to pick their first army right now how would you help them make that decision i would really like for people to like look at the stuff and pick it that way i mean whatever you think looks the coolest would kind of be what i'd prefer people to go to but depending i mean when you're first starting it helps to kind of play some of the easier stuff so that's kind of wishy-washy i'm not sure where that where i am with that <laughs> i'm pretty much i think i feel pretty safe right now with the way warhammer is today to let people pretty much pick what they want to play pick i think the, you'll be all look, right looks and feels the best Short of Tomb Kings, I will <laughs> I will steer people away from that intentionally. Yeah, if they're bound and determined to get the game beaten out of them, then sure. But otherwise, uh, that's true. I bet you could pick any army, and you'll be able to have something that's fielded. I mean, if you go with your first random picks, I don't think you'll have the best army. But <laughs> with some yeah. leading, you could get a solid army from any of the factions. Yeah, exactly. And I think I think even then too, there's enough resources the internet podcasts mm -hmm. youtube out there nowadays that can really help you make good decisions from a new player perspective as far as well now i've picked this faction what do i do next yeah if you do a little bit, bit of research for sure you'll be all right which even back when when i start when i started i mean i had the internet i was like one of the first people that adopted the fact adopted having a dsl connection you know and getting my 768k <laughs> uh, you know internet speeds going and and being able to get to websites at a fairly decent clip and and getting on the for various forums and it wasn't it didn't take long after i started warhammer that you know i had i wrote my little website you know on GeoCities back in the day and it was all about dwarfs and i remember <laughs> writing up stuff and putting tactics articles up there and and doing all the all the html figuring out html and you know, that was kind of a pain, but, <laughs> but, you know, it drew, you know, I'd get emails from people all over the world, you know, saying, Hey, thanks. It really helped me make some decisions on my dwarf army. And you, and, <laughs> and I would go to other dwarf websites and do research and reading and see what they had and, and put my own thoughts up. And then I eventually had my own little forums for a little while. And it was, <laughs> it was eight, 10 different people that would come by on a fairly regular basis. And it was just all really cool and getting started in that community thing. So, you know, I was kind of, it felt like a leader in that back then, too. I was in Bugman's Brewery back then. That was still, I mean, Bugman's Brewery was there. It was, there was a lot of really cool stuff that was going on, and I and I enjoyed, I, th I feel like I had a better passion for the fluff and the story and campaigns and the, the garage-type gaming that is Warhammer way back then. And somewhere in the, in the last five six seven years it's become much more about just sitting up lining up my army and playing a game and the gameplay and and much less about the story behind the game yeah i remember a lot of my friends doing that i don't think i was ever too much into the story so i know a lot of my friends were when i started but 
I think a lot about the fluff when I'm building lists and playing the game and kind of how I feel about my army and stuff like that. I try not to focus on like what's good and whatnot like that. I'll have some kind of theme idea in my head of how I want to make this thing play out. And I guess I have a pretty set play style with the VC that I stick to <laughs> myself though. Sure. No, I mean, some, sometimes too that you're limit, you know, a guy's limited by what they have for models too. Yeah. So there, there's that too, but I, I definitely like to get back a little bit, get, recapture some of that new player fun. So mm-hmm. that's going to be one of my goals going in. If we run like a campaign or something, that would we're working be a big on opportunity. It. We got to get the mighty empire's tiles painted up. I need to get them done. Yeah, but uh, we're working on it. Uh, I think there'll be a campaign here hopefully in the next month or so, and going at the store. And I, I I'm looking to really try to recapture some of those old time fun moments and campaign play and advancement and <laughs> and all of those kind of good things and recaptured some of that new player new new nostalgia of the game moments and hopefully at the same time everybody else will have a good time and we'll bring in some more new players more yeah more yeah. we need <laughs> always need more every i think every group needs more i'm yeah i'm so happy with how big our group has been lately it's awesome yeah, no. Last Monday night was fifteen players out, I think. So it was really solid at Pegasus. Yeah, that was. Yeah, you even you go to what we had at at a square for turnouts. That wasn't maybe we we're getting pretty regular fourteen, fifteen people turning out on like at least once a month, and that was pre- I think that was pretty rare at the square. We'd get like ten plus, twelve plus yeah. at the square. So it's continuing to grow. We're continuing to add add people to the mix. It's really awesome. That is very awesome. It's uh, we'll continue. We'll be talking to some people about their first armies. Yeah, we'll talk <laughs> to them. Had we'll, that the last we'll be couple able to weeks help, help guide them. Yeah, no, that's kind of what what brought this conversation on too. Is we're missing and talking about those first first armies and first games, and <laughs> that's been it's been actually really good. I'm kind of sad. <laughs> <laughs> Miss those days. Okay, so what do we talk about today, Brian? Uh, besides our main topic of. Yeah. Your first armies. Yeah. Uh, well, we started out. You had a few games. Yeah. I had games. Kings. You didn't so much. I didn't have a whole lot. Babbled some about the hobby that's interesting me at the moment. <laughs> Hopefully we'll see something, some work come of that. Yeah, yeah. No, I got to see a blog post out of you too. So uh, uh, yeah. even Dustin's now beating you to the blog posting. <laughs> yeah, you just posted that intro at least. So. Yeah, I don't know. Like I... My login's probably messed up again. <laughs> no, I, I I turned that feature off oh, okay. finally. I'm like, I'm like Maybe I, once I, I need to just encourage him. If he's sitting down like, to the computer, he can't sit down and then yeah. be locked out. And well, that's the thing. It's like encouraged. I've had ideas for him, and when they get too old, I like I don't want to do them anymore. <laughs> like I mean to put one up on my ghouls, but it's like old news now <laughs> to me or something like that. I should still really get one up there for the ghouls. And usually every time I get the gumption, my login would be, I'd be f- whatever. <laughs> well, hopefully, fingers crossed, it's something we'll see in the next couple of months. Yeah, I should make a goal of that to throw one up for my ghouls at least and then see where we go from there. Maybe I'll have my first platoon of bolt action up on there. Yeah. Something so make- like that. Some A lot of my hobby I'm doing for my VC will be some kind of conversions and stuff, and we'll see what I can figure out there. So some sculpting, see what happens. Well, that'll be excellent. So... Make sure you stay tuned to our our blog and our our website for more details and posts. And you can check that out at 
WiscoDice.com. WiscoDice.com. Yep, that was WiscoDice.com. You can check all that out. And then how do you make sure that you catch all of our episodes, Brian? I think it's on our website. <laughs> yeah, you can do it on our website. <laughs> Otherwise, we're also available on the iTunes. Yep. Things like BlackBerry Podcast, Stitcher Smart Radio. Exactly. And uh, make sure that you check us out on our uh, social media. We're you know, on Facebook. You can like us. You can follow us on Twitter. And you can go ahead and follow. I think it's following on Google Plus, too. So I've been pretty active. Something like that. I've been pretty active myself on the on the Google Plus side of things, trying to put posts up, talking, checking out. The communities on Google Plus are really cool. I've been thinking about starting a Wisco Dice community on on Google Plus. So cool. Let us know if you're interested in that too. Um, we have the Facebook group, which is the Wisco Dice group mm-hmm. there too. Which eh, I don't know if it always gets as much attention as as it should, but um, but it's definitely there too. And it, that's been kind of been like our forums. Every once in a while, we'll get a topic going. It's kind of cool. We do uh, have the WWHFB forum too. Yeah, they have been more active lately. So yeah, it's been That's really been cool. exciting. The Milwaukee so. guys are starting to stir. So there's definitely yeah, we some gaming s- going there. Throw too. some trash talk in there. Yeah. So it's not all Madison in the yeah, <laughs> no. league playoffs. Yeah, no, I get them get them going, get them excited. It sounds like uh sounds like things are going starting to go well and there's like some Milwaukee guys posting. The Madison side's been pretty pretty active, uh posting getting going again with the game and then we've of course those point boys you hear all you hear from them on point hammer and such they've you know they're doing stuff up there in stevens point and warhammer everywhere you know there's definitely warhammer going on all over the state so yeah you go to the wwhfb website and we'll do our best to try to help point you in the general direction of somebody playing warhammer at least within an hour's drive or so of your <laughs> house hopefully yeah check that out thanks everybody for listening appreciate it That's it. Peace out.